Hello, hello, hello. Harko here. Welcome back. Whether you're listening on the newsletter, straight from the newsletter, or you're listening through the Harko FM podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a whole bunch of other places I can't remember. It's lovely to have you here. Thanks for tuning in again. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling almost back to normal after my brush with the novel coronavirus, which unfortunately meant the cancelling of our first fodder show and missing Black Midi. Shed a tear. Shed a single tear for me. It was tough. But life goes on. Life goes on, everybody. And some good news. I've been I've become a published writer. Oh my god, yes. Big shout out to Metro Magazine, a Auckland focused arts, culture and food magazine. Um they have published around fifteen hundred of my own words from my brain and my fingertips into their glorious pages. Uh and it's been printed physically, which is really, really cool. You know? So much of the writing stuff is online these days. It's actually why I like talking in these podcasty things, because it's a way to make it a bit more physical. But ultimately, the most physical thing is the you know, holding this thing in my hand. Um so yeah, the autumn Metro magazine edition, the curious case of the collapsing culture. Um, got it in my hand right now. It's very cool. I actually really like a lot of the um, art that goes with the articles. It's kind of like, I don't know. I, I, it's, I assume it's like AI retouched artwork. I don't know. I really like the vibe. If you haven't, um, if you live in Auckland, you should go pick up the magazine. It's got a lot of great stuff about food. Um, my article's in there. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and yeah, it's pretty buzzy to be published in a magazine. Um, in this little episode, I'm going to talk about... I'm not going to talk about um, specifically... I'm not going to read the article that I wrote. Um, if you want to read that, you should go and pick up Metro Magazine, but I am going to kind of give a bit of context, kind of talk through my mindset and why I wrote what I did and what else I was considering at the time. So if that sounds interesting, if that sounds interesting to you, um, lock in. We're going to go through it. Now, I'm going to be honest up front as well. I don't really read Metro Mag. Um, I don't really read magazines at all. Um, I hardly read blogs and stuff. I consume podcasts or the odd like saying like Apple interview, Fantano interviews on YouTube. I'm like a YouTube and podcasting kind of guy. Um, so getting published or writing for something like this, when when I have my own newsletter, that I, it gives me a whole sense of freedom. And lets my lets me express my views without any filters whatsoever. 
it wasn't really on my radar or in my one of my goals to kind of get um on one of these things but it was I, I appreciate Mr. Oliver, Henry Oliver, the editor, reaching out to me and inviting me in um, because while I don't personally um, have any overarching needs or desires to be published in magazines, to you know be a writer or any of that stuff, it is also an audience of people who do read that um, that I'm not necessarily reaching now or with, with my newsletter or maybe in, in my little corner of the world. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when my kind of message gets out to those kinds of people, whether it's interesting at all, whether it evokes any kind of reaction at all, good or bad. Um, yeah, that'll be really interesting. And I also really appreciate being paid for it. That's really nice. It's a, I feel like it's a privilege to be paid for writing. So thank you very much for having me. Um, obviously, I was reached out to for a reason. Um, the edition was about a collapsing culture. And obviously, um, it makes sense that... I would be thought about and potentially asked to write something about that. Is that something that I have written a lot about in the past, talked a lot about in the past, something that I think about a lot even now, um, and a topic that obviously I'm connected to in a way. And um, as much as I'm kind of enjoying writing and thinking about more creative or personal things at the moment like I said it's a good opportunity to get a message out to a wider audience and I thought to myself like well maybe I could try and distill or nail a version of these loose threads that I've been talking and and writing about for the last couple of years and maybe this is the place to put it so um the article's called Working More and Creating Less. And it's basically my attempt to kind of outline the zoomed out kind of macro view of all the interconnected problems that we have in the music industry and how they kind of interlock and reinforce one another one after the other, making it harder and harder for people to sustain engage or grow within the music industry and how a lot of that has to do with modern society or like modern capitalism really um you know insinuating that the music industry is basically like a cut and paste version of the kind of worst parts of capitalism honestly um so delineating that and trying to make the grand point um, at the end of it, that what's really happening is that the music industry is becoming incredibly inaccessible, except for a certain group of very well um, financed and resourced group of people who are the only ones able to sustain themselves, and how that's maybe a bad thing. Um, 
when this offer came through, I was reading a lot of Mark Fisher books and watching Adam Curtis documentaries. Both of those things talk very... Um, well, Mark Fisher talks explicitly about capitalism and Adam Curtis kind of describes cultures, um, I don't know, dislocation at the hands of capitalism in that sense. And that kind of meant that the first draft combined with obviously the outlined pitch meant that I wrote a lot about the commercial music industry um, focused a lot on painting it, not painting it, but pointing out how how overtly um, neoliberal and how like overtly overtly exploitative we've set up the main part of our music industry and how much it still is like that, um, and how that keeps people isolated and keeps people desperate by people having musicians and artists and how all of these things drive the people that want to survive into a more homogenous direction because they've got to play the game and playing the game has a, every single one of those things has an impact on their art. Um, Whether they're aiming for funding or they're aiming for um, streams, uh, financial revenue, labels, those kind of pressures are economic pressures, but artistic pressures as well. Um, which means that we actually over time get a more homogenous and more conservative culture. You know, the output of the music becomes more uniform through that pressure. And it's not, it's not an individual label person or an individual institutional funding person being like, your music has to be more bland. <laughs> That's not how it works, but it's a systemic critique. We have to understand that, like these are that it, it doesn't have to be an individual's um, fault or intention. This can still happen because of the way the systems are set up and how they interact with other forces like money, um, and that's kind of where we find ourselves now. That first draft was very long. It was well over words. I think I had about I had fifteen hundred words to work with. Um, I think that one was at like two thousand, which is also not really that surprising. Um, but also, it was just a bit too aggressive. Um, I have no problem being aggressive. <laughs> at, well, look, I have no problem being considered aggressive. I'm never trying to be aggressive. I, 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 I said, I, I've written this in the um, newsletter, but I don't actively wish to piss people off. Um, but I also don't care if I do. And I think that that can be, I think my lack of care about with how people will react or take things, um, that alone can make people take it badly, potentially. I don't know. It's always confusing for me. Um, but yeah, or I just tend to keep running into or writing about incredibly thin-skinned people, maybe, um, which is also probably, you know, both things could be true. Um, but at, at the end of it, I just kind of found that, like, I don't... It, that kind of tone wasn't really going to serve the ultimately the accessibility point. They're like, 
the culture point of this of like how do we the 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 cult our culture our musical culture is going to be the victim of this like the lack of accessibility is going to um victimize the young and new people who aren't going to be able to access the music and our culture will be the victim we'll get worse music less varied music because of it and focusing on the who in the equation um and even on the why or the how to me in 1500 words to to an audience like this it just made sense to kind of focus on the what really spend all my time on the what and so i I try I, i kind of stripped it back still made the same points i wanted to make which is things like the housing crisis um inflation um lack of rehearsal spaces noise complaints um all of these things interlocking into making it increasing the pressure on anyone who wants to be making music or growing an audience or doing any one of these things um but i just spent a little less time connecting institutions or connecting the pathways of where those things actually sit and just describe the things themselves so i could get to the the part about um why this matters you know what is going on because i do think music is getting less accessible and there's a reason why like it's not something that's just happening like it's something you can look at and where it's you can connect the dots we you know it there is a reason there are less audiences at shows, right? It's not just some like random thing that's going on. Um, it's a downward trend over a long period of time and clearly the things we're doing aren't impacting it. And I just really wanted to kind of drive that home. Like I said, the, the point of taking on this article and what I decided to do with it was trying to nail or reiterate a succinct version of a lot of the themes that I have been writing about and talking about for the last couple of years and that's really the big one is there are real reasons why music is becoming more inaccessible and the reason it's important to point out there are real reasons is to try and show that there will be real things we need to change and can change and it could come back I think absolving responsibility or saying this is just a thing that's happening, we're not sure why, really what the effect that has is people just like either assume or bury their head in the sand that it will just come back or it's supposed to be. It'll just go away. And why is this important for me? I, I talk about it a lot, obviously, that I'm from Timaru and like mostly in like a meme kind of way, but a lot of this stuff, the accessibility stuff, does come from growing up in Timaru where it just, if I didn't have smoke free rock quest and a friend who had moved down from Auckland and treated music as like a normal casual thing to kind of guide the band I was in and, and run it. Like I probably wouldn't have been able to stay involved in music, which is like literally my lifelong passion, <laughs> you know, like, I'm this. I'm I'm as into music now as I was then. 
and I wouldn't have been able to do it, right? There were no shows, no community, no venues, no opportunities. Like, there was nothing. Like, you have no chance. You have to be insanely lucky, which I was, to actually get out and do those things. Like, insanely lucky. And there are more and more Timaroos, I guess, in a way, coming around. As the venues close, as, you know... The, the music industry t- seems to be playing less shows on a local sense. So, you, you know, these kids, and by these kids, I mean every single kid who doesn't basically go to, what is it, Grayland High School, whatever it's called, Grayland College, where they, like, actually have a really intense art department filled with people who actually play in bands and stuff. They, they're going to go through their entire schooling lives. Every weekend, their friends are going to be playing sports or um, they can play sports every weekend, every week. They can go and do these things. How many shows can they play? How many shows can they go to? Maybe, best case scenario, Smoke Free Rock Quest, two shows a year. You know, how is that? And, and then, so those kids grow, grow, and it's not just the kids who, who are destined or should be destined to become musicians. It's their friends, music tangential, music interested people, or, and just the general public who don't interact with music in any way at all until they arrive at university. And it's the background for them getting fucked up for the first time or whatever. And then like, that's 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 what music means to them. So... Why? Why wouldn't they? If it's just a background to getting fucked up, there's other. They can go to. They can get fucked up at a UFC event. They can get fucked up and you know, go to the go to the races. It's it's completely stripped music of the artistic benefit of it, and and reduced it to an entertainment because we haven't introduced it to anyone, and then we sit around and wonder why no one wants to come to fucking gigs anymore. Right. And those are things we can change. Accessibility is literally a thing we can change. And yet we're completely focused on maximizing the economic output of whoever. It doesn't matter who can remain. Even if you point out to us that literally like only people with intergenerational wealth, institutional funding can afford to rent and only work part time in Auckland or live at home you know, and not work at all and actually grow their career. And so we're already losing all these people, but it's all right. We're going to, we've got, we've just got to keep trying to figure out how to make more money off the people that are, or allow the people who can, or who are, who can still sustain themselves in the industry to make more money themselves, as opposed to let's try and get more people into the music industry, you know? So yeah, it's something I'm very passionate about and, Ultimately, I'm very happy with the article um, because after rereading it, I just think anyone who read this and, and misses, blasts past the point just to get annoyed or angry about their little part in the system and how I'm not understanding it or... Yeah, but this part's actually really complicated. Like, you kind of can't. It's just, here's all the things, all the systems that are decreasing accessibility and 
lack of accessibility is a real problem. Hopefully people will read it and take that away from it. Hopefully, I don't know, man. I don't know what what I want it to achieve. I'm at, you know, at time of recording, I'm pretty cynical, blasé about it in a sense. I don't, you know, at, at, at the time of recording this, I kind of view art as something that essentially you're going to kind of ruin the rest of, not ruin the rest of your life, but you know, you, you've got to be prepared to just make things you're happy with and not spend a single thought about any form of success whatsoever because it's entirely unattainable and you've just got to try and figure out how best to structure the rest of your life to support the art making so you can make as much art as you want to be making. That's basically where I am at the moment. I totally think that could change. I totally think we could, in this wonderful country where there at least is a starting point of we give some money to the arts, which is more than a lot of other countries have. There's a whole lot we could be doing to turn this ship around. Um, I just don't see it happening. Just don't see it happening. But it's important to raise awareness. It's important to, you know, be a lighthouse sometimes to point the way. Um, it might not be me with, with um, it, 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 I might not even be articulating the real problem. I might not be able to see it. But if, as long as I'm pointing the way to, to, to kind of show, illuminate what I see, it may even just lead the next person to be like in the general direction where they see the actual thing or they see the change or they make a change. Um, and that in and of itself is an important thing to do. So thanks so much again to Metro Mag for giving your space up for something like this. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad it's out there. Really pleased it's out there. You should go pick it up. Um, I'm going to be honest I don't know whether I don't know if you're going to be able to read it online I hope so but I, but, I, but then I think like why would they put a version of this online because wouldn't that hurt the physical sales this, I'm thinking out loud because I have no idea how you run or release or um, sell a, a physical magazine in 2023 but um, I know for sure you can go out in the real world and you can buy it and you can read it and if it is online as well, um, then you're following me. So I'll definitely post it so you can read it as well. Um, thank you so much for listening. That was a little bit of a rambly one. Also a, l a little bit shorter, which is nice. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're finding new music you love. And I hope you're fulfilling every creative instinct and idea you have much love see you soon